Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I am Bird. There is no Jake. There is no Adam for this Monday episode, the continuation of our mock draft series. We'll be picking from the seventh overall spot today, of course, in a full point PPR setup. Of course, we've done six of these, so if you missed any of them, definitely go uh, check those out. Uh, we have some news and notes today. Of course, we have the breaking news from uh, Sunday that DeAndre Hopkins is now a member of the Tennessee Titans. We will have the fantasy fallout and the fantasy implications from that move as DeAndre Hopkins now going to be playing his football on in Nashville with Derrick Henry next year. Oh, boy. Yay. Awesome. Programming notes. So, on Wednesday, we will be having our first live draft coming out on the podcast. I know I talked about this last week. It will be out on Wednesday. Um, It was a 10-team salary cap draft. It was a very fun team to draft. It was a very fun draft to do. I say it all the time that salary caps are a lot of fun. And anybody who has the opportunity to do one, you should definitely take advantage of it because they are super, super fun. Um, So that episode will be out on Wednesday. Of course, on Thursday, you heard the AFC North preview show. Or, yeah, the preview show. that You heard that on Thursday. We will be doing, Adam and I, we'll be doing the NFC North preview show on Friday of this week. And then Jake will be back from vacation next week, and we will be wrapping up the divisional previews with the South. So you'll be hearing the uh, AFC South probably on Monday, and then the NFC South you will be hearing on Wednesday. And then, of course, a mailbag next week. There will be three episodes next week. You'll be, of course, getting that mailbag. I talked about it last week as well. Submit your questions. We'll be emptying out the mailbag completely. Um, We have to clear that out because drafts are literally right around the corner. This is July 17th, and in a month it'll be August 17th, and we'll be right at the start of draft season. Crazy, I know. Um, Kind of nuts that once upon a time we were in January and we were just, you know, trying to search for content and things to do uh, at the start of the off season. It's the same thing with every off season. It kind of seems like is that it's just a, a void that we need, uh, we need to have filled. But now we are just getting it's pretty much to the start of, of when everything kind of gets real and we're a month away. There'll be plenty of mailbags in August. I believe the plan right now is we're going to be doing around two mailbags again in August. And then of course we have the weekly mailbags that will start up uh, week one in September, Saturday mailbags. So um, of course, you know, keep that in the back of your head. Uh, Jake and I do those Saturday mailbags every single week. We usually record those on Thursday. So if you have any weekly questions and you have any lineup decisions, anything that you need uh, to have answered, please submit your questions uh, to those Saturday mailbags. They are a lot of fun. They are our most listened to shows for a reason. And it seems like you guys absolutely love the Saturday mailbags, and I'm very glad you love the Saturday mailbags. And that was an idea, actually, that Jake had to do those Saturday mailbags. So I got to thank Jake for uh, for giving us a real uh, real money maker 
with the with the Saturday mailbags. But anything that we could do to help you guys is really what we are in this for. So enough with the programming, enough with the jibber jabber. Let's talk about the big news from the weekend. DeAndre Hopkins is signing with the Tennessee Titans. He is going to Nashville to play with Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill and Traylon Burks and Chigo Conquo. It is a two-year, $26 million deal with the Titans. That deal could go up to around $32 million with incentives. Um, Hopkins is going to be 31 when the season starts. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins, he's been one of the most surefire things in fantasy for the last six or seven seasons. And this goes back to when he was in Houston, when he did not have a single quarterback to speak of, and then he had Deshaun Watson, and then moving to Arizona and having the time that he had with with Kyler Murray. He now gets to add another quarterback to his list of, of QBs that he has caught passes from, and it is going to be Ryan Tannehill. And the Titans... They, you, you could talk about the Titans and say what kind of spot they're in. I think a lot of people maybe thought that the Titans were going to be rebuilding. Um, it does not look that way. But then again, the Titans absolutely needed to, to go out and they needed to sign a, a wide receiver. Uh, they just had one of the most thin wide receiver rooms in perhaps the league with Traylon Burks as, as their number one. And I know a lot of people had Traylon Burks as a very popular uh, breakout candidate this year. We'll talk about Traylon Burks in a minute because I think that, that – dream is kind of dead we have to look at the titans though and you know you could talk about whether you think deandre hopkins is done or not right and and that is a conversation in in, in and of itself i don't think he is i still think deandre hopkins has a lot to give a 31 year old wide receiver is completely different from a 31 year old running back these wide receivers have more legs but deandre hopkins has had some bumps and bruises along the way. 2021, he only played in 10 games. He missed a hamstring injury in the in the middle of the year, and then at the end of the year, he tore his MCL. Then last year, he had the six-game suspension with the PEDs to start the year, and then he missed the last two games with a knee injury. But that was probably because the Cardinals were were all but done, um, and they just said, you know what, with DeAndre, let's just not even even do this and. It's uh, very hard to blame them. Uh, Hopkins did have interest from uh, other teams. The Patriots were very, very interested in that. But uh, the the reports that were out there, and I had been told those reports were true, is that DeAndre Hopkins did have concerns about playing with Mac Jones in in New England. And it's hard to blame them, honestly. And I think if if you look at the divisions as well, if DeAndre Hopkins goes to the Patriots, does that make the Patriots a contender in the AFC East with the Jets, the Bills, or the Dolphins? No, it doesn't. If now DeAndre Hopkins is in Tennessee, could he be potentially the difference that puts the Titans in, in, a, in a spot to potentially contend for the AFC South? Maybe. Maybe. It's, it's a lot easier of a path in the, in the AFC South, is basically my point, than it is in the AFC East, and, I, and there were reports as well that the Chiefs and the Bills were also interested in Hopkins, but Hopkins gets his deal from the Tennessee Titans. And now, let's just go right into it with DeAndre Hopkins. There's good and there's bad. Let's start with the good. The good news, like I said before, 
I don't think DeAndre Hopkins is necessarily over the hill. I still think DeAndre Hopkins has a lot to give. And on his day, DeAndre Hopkins is still one of the best receivers in the National Football League. The dude is unbelievable, and what he's been able to do throughout his career is nothing short of extraordinary. And he is so good. He's one of the best route runners in the league, has some of the best hands in the league. The guy averages just north of a half a touchdown per game. Like, that that number is absolutely obscene when when you think about it throughout his career. That, that number is absolutely nuts. And then the other good news, from more of a, a depth chart looking at things perspective, DeAndre Hopkins is now going into Tennessee, and he's going to be the number one receiver for the Tennessee Titans. And you can look at that, and you could say, oh, that's good. You know, he's, he's walking in there. He's going to be the, he's going to be the number one for Ryan Tannehill. Should get peppered with a, with a ton of targets. Awesome, right? I don't think so. I don't think so because if you look at the Titans and you look at what they do, who's the most important player on their offense? Every, everybody knows this. If you, you don't even need to play fantasy to watch this. You to know this. All you gotta do is watch the Titans, and you know that you think of the Tennessee Titans, you think of Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry is the most important individual piece possibly to an offense in the National Football League, bar Patrick Mahomes with the Kansas City Chiefs. That is how important Derrick Henry is to the Tennessee Titans, and the identity that the Titans have really runs through and is built around Derrick Henry. And that shows in their overall offensive philosophy. The Titans had the third fewest pass attempts in the league in 2022, and now they are going to, of course, if Derrick Henry is there, I don't know why they would go away from feeding Derrick Henry the ball. And newsflash, spoiler alert for anybody, they're not going to. They are not going to go away from Derrick Henry because they brought DeAndre Hopkins into town. Despite the fact that their offensive line is not great, despite the fact that their secondary is still sort of building, but their defensive line is, is, is really, really good, the way that you keep that, that younger defense fresh, keep them off the field. Run the ball with Derrick Henry. Control the clock. And that's what the Titans do. That's what, that is what Titans football around Mike Vrabel is predicated around. Running the football, controlling the clock, and keeping the opposing defense on the field while keeping yours off of it. So last year, there was not a Titans receiver on the team that registered more than 106 targets. That is not going to cut it. And Hopkins, between 2015 and 2020, had 150 targets every single year in that stretch. That was six straight years of 150 or more targets. I really doubt that he's going to even come close to that 150 target mark because of how much the Titans are going to are going to run the ball. Now, what... And this is, this is a conversation that I had with a few colleagues yesterday, and I know I had this conversation with our good friend Jake Simone yesterday. When looking at DeAndre Hopkins, what's the realistic, what is the realistic statistical upside? It's probably 85 catches and a shade over 1,000 yards with about 7, 8 touchdowns. 
and I haven't done my projections yet for the Titans. I have to completely redo those. So that'll probably, I definitely will have them um, for the AFC South show. Is that going to be worth any sort of fantasy manager going out of their way to go and get? Is that is that a good enough number? It could be. It just depends on where you're getting it. And this goes now into the full-on rankings discussion that I know everybody is chomping at the bit to hear. So DeAndre Hopkins is now my wide receiver 26 in full-point PPR and in half-point PPR as well. If you look at the overalls, in full, DeAndre Hopkins, if I can find him on here, in my overalls, I have DeAndre Hopkins at 63rd overall. It's going in, it's going in round 7. Going in round 7 in 10-team leagues, round 6 in 12-team leagues. Is that worth it? I really don't think so. I, honestly, I don't. Like, if I'm looking at the receivers that are in his range, there's Christian Kirk, there's Calvin Ridley, there's Brandon Ayuk, there's Terry McLaurin, there's Michael Pittman, there's Mike Williams, Jerry Judy, Jahan Dotson. Honestly, I think with the exception of McLaurin, I think I'd rather take the chance on all of those guys over Hopkins. Because I think the ceiling is a lot greater with them. I think the floor, the floor could be relatively safe. Maybe he, he averages... Uh, maybe maybe he averages about let's say let's let's just say on, on on the low side he averages about five six catches a game. Let's just say maybe that's a safe projection, five six catches a game. That's a safe floor, that's nice. But do we ever do we ever see the chance for Derrick Henry, or Derrick Henry, for DeAndre Hopkins to be who he was? say, three years ago when he was 115-catch, 1,400-yard guy. Those, those days are done. Th- those days are, are done. Now, for Dynasty, because I look after my Dynasty players here, the short-term value for DeAndre Hopkins is good. I think if you're a contending team and you need a little bit of something in your wide receiver department, I don't think going out in DeAndre Hopkins is necessarily a terrible idea. I think if you're looking for a guy who's going to be in a full point PPR uh, more so than than half and a non, if you're looking for a guy that's going to basically be a 12 to 15 point baseline a week and then anything more than that is gravy, as a wide receiver three or a wide receiver four, then DeAndre Hopkins is completely fine. Especially if he's on if he's on a team that maybe is rebuilding. That rebuilding team is not going to have much much use for DeAndre Hopkins. So go out there, go out there and explore trading for DeAndre Hopkins. But you're not giving up anything substantial. Like if you could get get away with maybe a third round pick in the rookie draft for DeAndre Hopkins, I think that's worth it. If you're maybe doing something along the lines of maybe you're doing a younger receiver like a I'm just trying to think of maybe who who a rebuilding team maybe would take the chance on maybe you do a package of two younger players like a Romeo Dobbs and a 
uh, a Roshan Johnson, you know, something like that for DeAndre Hopkins, two younger players that you really don't need that maybe won't help you this year if you're truly contending. But then for that rebuilding team, they can hold on to for the next two or three years and see what they could potentially do. And then you get DeAndre Hopkins that can help you, that could contribute for you right away. Maybe. But it's it's just, this move sucks. This move really, really, really sucks. Uh, Traylon Burks. Bad. This is bad. Because there were people who were very, very high on Traylon Burks. I was not one of them. Um, I had my overall concerns. He was only my wide receiver 37 before this. Now Traylon Burks is my wide receiver 41. I just, I really, I was low on him before. So it's not like he's taking such a such a sizable drop off, but now it's more of you know I I kind of really am just full out on on Traylon Burks. He's going in round ten in in, in my in my ranks, ninety eighth overall. If anybody wants to take a stab on that, I mean it's fine. He still he still does have some upside. But not as much as as, as he did before, because now he's a wide receiver too. In in like we pointed out before, in an offense that is now going that that is very very run heavy. So uh, Traylon Burks, I'm I'm pretty out on that. Uh, Chico Conquo, I moved him down a little bit. He was my tight end eleven. I moved him down to my tight end thirteen. Uh, the bold prediction that I had that Chico Conquo would lead the Titans in touchdowns, it's probably dead, if, if I'm being honest. He's still intriguing, though, because, I mean, he's in that range of tight ends where they're free. So, he's worth a stab, but you're going to need somebody else uh, with him. Again, but the, fl- uh, the floor is not as safe. Ceiling is still relatively high, but... All in all, I really don't want to be taking the stab on on Chico Conquo unless it's for something that is uh, really, really, really cheap. Could be a very good dynasty by low right now, Chico Conquo. I, I think so. And, and potentially Traylon Burks too, but I, I don't know who would be giving up on Traylon, on Traylon Burks right now. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I mean... Right now, this probably is the lowest Traylon Burks' value is ever going to be. And, you know, all it takes is for Traylon Burks to be half decent. And Traylon Burks, all of a sudden, he'll have he'll have value again. Uh, Derek Henry, his value stays the same. I, 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 I'm not moving him up. I'm not moving him down. He's still my RB7. I love Derek Henry. Keep riding him. Keep riding him. Still draft him in the late first, early second. You'll be very, very, very happy. And then Ryan Tannehill. This is, a, is this is a little bit of an of an interesting one. Uh, Ryan Tannehill. I did move up a little bit. He's my QB twenty five now. I moved him above uh, Jimmy Garoppolo and CJ Stroud, but only useful in the deepest of fourteen team leagues and superflex. So. Don't know if Ryan Tannehill is going to be someone that, that tickles your fancy. He definitely shouldn't in 10 and 12 team leagues. We will have, of course, much more analysis and, of course, the full projections for everything. That'll be out uh, next week on the AFC South preview show. All right. 
So let's get into the mock. We, of course, drafting from the seventh spot in a 10-team, full-point PPR. One quarterback, two running back, three receivers, one tight end, one flex, a defense kicker, and then seven bench spots. Let's go. Of course, I'm going to have my rankings uh, right next to me. So here we go. So let's go through the first six picks if I can get everything up. So Christian McCaffrey goes at number one. Austin Eckler goes at number two. B. John Robinson goes at number three. Saquon Barkley at number four. Justin Jefferson at number five. And then Jonathan Taylor at number six. We are on the clock here. Uh, Tony Pollard is here. He looks uh, pretty nice. Jabbar Chase looks really nice as well. I want to go with somebody different that really we haven't drafted. Uh, Pollard, we really haven't drafted much. Uh, we've done a lot of uh, zero RB. I think I think we go... Hmm... It's not that I don't know who I want to take. I know who I want to take. The guy I want to take is Jamar Chase at 7th overall. It's the guy who I want. You know what? Let's do it. We're going to take Jamar Chase at 7th overall, and we're going to hope that we can get Derrick Henry, and we can. So we'll take Derrick Henry in the second round. But here is how the in-between picks went. So Travis Kelsey at the 1A, Ramondre Stevenson, the Cooper Cup closes out round 1. Tyreek Hill, A.J. Brown, Stephon Diggs start round two. Nice little run of receivers there. Four receivers in a row is, is, is pretty nice. Uh, but we're on the clock here. We took Jamar Chase. Uh, Nick Chubb is here. Who? Oh, oh, do I go Nick Chubb over Derrick Henry? My rankings say yes. My rankings say yes, and my head says yes. We're going to go with Nick Chubb. I really wanted to do Derrick Henry, but... You got to listen to the ranks, folks, and the ranks tell me that it is Nick Chubb over Derrick Henry. And by the way, I'm going to say I'm going to say this a thousand more times, and I'm going to hopefully because I know this question was was in the mailbag. The benefits of you doing your own rankings for drafts is it a mental thing? Sure, because you know you could you're living you're living and dying by your own sword, but it also gets your juices really really flowing. Because if you're looking at everything, you're putting guys in a list, you know exactly who you want mentally, you get in a state where you can basically rattle off your own separate tiers of players in your head based on what you've jotted down on paper. So doing your own rankings, I know it is time consuming. I know there is only so many hours in the day where people just commit themselves to fantasy. I, I get it. But it doesn't have to be as extensive as mine where I'm doing full, half, non-dynasty, weeklies, rookies, best balls, everything under the sun. It doesn't have to be that extensive. Go into whatever whatever leagues you're you're doing. Say you're in say you're in a half point a half point PPR and jot down your top hundred players. Something like that. It doesn't have to be a full two hundred and fifty players. Just jot down your top one hundred players. And bang. There are your ranks right there. And if you want to rely on everything on you know outside sources for the rest you rely on outside sources for the rest 
That's com that's completely fine. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and say, oh, you're a bad person if you don't put together a, a full list of rankings of 250 plus players. I know a lot of people don't have the don't have the time to do that, and, and that's that's a ridiculous expectation. I know I know pe some people do that don't do fantasy for a living and are super committed to it. And to those people, I say, good for you. I don't know how you do it because I don't know how I do it, but. If you put together just just a list of ranks of your top 100 players, I'm promising you that is going to go such a long way in terms of helping your overall preparations for your fantasy drafts. Because the number one complaints that I have from just people who come to me that know I do this for a living, and they'll talk to me about, about their drafts, and the number one complaint that I hear every single year was, I wasn't prepared. And I just sit there and I say, well, why weren't you prepared? I mean, you've been playing fantasy long enough. You can go on Fantasy Pros on their mock draft simulator. You can do a mock draft in five minutes, less even. I mean, I, 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 I you know, drag it out for you beautiful people. But you can do a mock draft in five minutes. You don't have to put ranks together, even though it is the best way to do it. I won't be told otherwise. You could do a hundred mocks. And just get a mental idea of what you're doing. And then, you know, if, if you're a league that allows laptops or any any sort of notes, pull up a top, pull up a top something on your laptop when you get there. But you've done the mocks. You know where everything sort of is. There's no reason why anybody should be going into a, a draft unprepared. It, it, is, it is the lamest, worst excuse that, I, that, I've, that I've, ever, I've ever heard. I know life happens. I know things happen and whatnot. But to just go into a draft and say, oh, yeah, I wasn't prepared, then why are you doing it? Why are you doing it? Many rant over. Uh, <laughs> Kenneth Walker went after we took Nick Chubb. Tony Pollard, Najee Harris, Josh Jacobs, Derek Henry, and then Garrett Wilson. Close out round two. Mark Andrews, CeeDee Lamb, Keenan Allen, Brees Hall, Devontae Adams, then Travis Etienne start off round three. We are on the clock here. Um... Joe Mixon restructured his contract with the Cincinnati Bengals over the weekend, and that is outstanding news for anybody who has any sort of high hopes in Joe Mixon and his uh, yearly outlook for 2023. Um, I basically had him ranked where I think he's going to be all along he right now is coming in as my rb12 i believe i might move him up it just depends on on over who it's Brees hall Ramondre stevens and tony pollard the most i could see you going to is like rb10 over stevenson and and hall but that'll be for another day but joe mixon now is full back Folks, draft your shares of Joe Mixon. I am going to go with Amon Ross St. Brown uh, at the spot. Of course, my child. Love him dearly. Calvin Ridley went at the 3-8. Oh, my Lord. George Kittle at 3-9. And then Jalen Waddle closes out round three. T. Higgins, Chris Olave, and Devonta Smith start off round four. I'm on the clock here. And I am going. Oh, but I have Jamar Chase. Ooh, that's a problem. Um, so with that, I'm going to go for a guy that really I haven't drafted much of in best balls, in mocks. 
I'm going to go with DK Metcalf. He, he really has been a guy that for some reason, I love DK Metcalf. I usually have him every year. He hasn't been someone that I've really just gravitated towards this year. And I, re I really, honestly, I don't know why. Joe Mixon, Aaron Jones, Josh Allen, TJ Hawkinson, Amari Cooper, and Chris Godwin close out round four. Jameer Gibbs, Patrick Mahomes, Debo Samuel, Deontay Johnson. Oh, Deontay Johnson, a big fan of his. Drake London and then Michael Pittman are your picks so far in round five. Miles Sanders is here. Jalen Hurts is here. There are a lot of good, a lot of good names here. I'm gonna go with Miles Sanders. Of course, a lot of people know that I am a big, big, big fan of Miles Sanders. So we are gonna go for Miles Sanders at the five seven. Oh, damn. J.K. Dobbins at the five eight. Alexander Madison at the five nine. That's who I. That's who I wanted there, at the at the six four. Shit. Uh, Rashad White at the 5'10 to close out round 5. And DeAndre Swift, Jalen Hurts, and DJ Moore. We're on the clock here in round 6. The team so far, Nick Chubb, Miles Sanders, Jamar Chase, Amon St. Brown, and DK Metcalf. I think, I think running back is the way that I want to go. I just don't know who I want to go for. Uh, oh. You know what? I know this is a mock, but I'm going to go with Joe Burrow. I'll go with Joe Burrow and get my Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase stack because why not? That's nice. Look at that. Look at that Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase stack. Mm, that's really nice. Uh, new Titans wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins goes at the 6'5". That is going to change. I promise you. Kyle Pitts at the 6'6". Mike Evans, 6'7". Alvin Kamara, Damian Pierce, and Jerry Judy. Damian Pierce at the 6'9 is really not bad. That's pretty good. Dalvin Cook, Dallas Goddard, Justin Fields, Mike Williams at the 7'4. Terry McLaurin and Lamar Jackson are your picks in round 7. We are on the clock, and I'm just going to continue like looking at the running backs here. I'm looking at James Conner, and I'm, I'm saying to myself, I know he's going to be the, the RB1 in Arizona. It's a terrible situation, but... It's the RB1, and I would be bringing him in to be my flex. Hmm. And then, would I be comfortable picking from the Ayuk, Kirk, Hollywood, Watson pool of wide receivers? Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would. I'm going to take James Conner. Yeah. Done. So then, after we took James Conner, which, by the way, was a steal... Cam Akers at the 7-8. George Pickens at the 7-9. Darren Waller closes out round 7. Justin Herbert, Christian Kirk, and then Trevor Lawrence start off round 8. We're on the clock here. Um, I have DK Metcalf, so Tyler Lockett is out of the equation. Uh, Brandon Ayuk is here, who I really, really, really love. Uh, Hollywood is here, who I don't really love. But the guy that I'm absolutely no doubt about it taking is Christian Watson. I'd be getting him at 74th overall and in my ranks christian watson i know is a lot higher than that christian watson in my ranks is my 52nd overall player so yeah i'm gonna go ahead and do that christian watson welcome to the team javante williams 
Deshaun Watson, Tyler Lockett, Michael Thomas in round eight. Ugh. Hollywood Brown, then Dak Prescott closed out round eight. Brandon Ayuk, Traylon Burks, Jordan Addison, David Montgomery, Jahan Dotson, and Cortland Sutton start off round nine. We're on the clock here. I'm going to go for another running back here. Go with a guy that I talked about in uh, the Fantasy Pros column that just came out last week, the featured column that featured some of the experts across the industry. If you missed it, go check it out. Uh, for those of you who do know and have seen it, Antonio Gibson, welcome to the team. One of my favorite mid-round picks this year. He is I got, he is someone that I've been drafting a whole lot of, and he is someone that I have been uh, really, really targeting, especially at his price right now. Basically, basically he's going in, in the 90s overall, which is just so good. Gibson in my ranks, I have him at 84th. So he's get, I'm getting him pretty much pretty much at at a little bit uh, below value of where I have him. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco, James Cook, AJ Dillon close out round nine. Then Brian Robinson, Savage P. Ryan, and Khalil Herbert start round ten. Khalil Herbert in round ten. That's a little disrespectful. A little bit. Hmm. He just keeps falling. He keeps falling in these mo- in these mocks and. The more and more he keeps falling, the more and more I'm really buying into Khalil Herbert. Interesting. All right, so we're on the clock here. Um, we need a tight end. And the tight ends that are here are looking at Pat Fryerbooth, Evan Ingram, uh, David Njoku. I'm not really worried about it. So we're just going to keep building our core, our core pieces. I think that's something to, to talk about as well that I see a lot of drafters do. They see a hole on their team, and they immediately want to fill it. And I say, fair enough. But if you know there are a ton of options here of guys that are a dime a dozen, why would you go out of your way where you just keep on letting them fall? Let them fall a little more, and if you have to take them the next time you're around, you take them the next time you're around. It's completely fine. You don't have to panic when you see, oh, there's a tight end. There's a tight end sitting right there for me. Odds are, if, if you don't need to take that tight end, because there's, there's, like I said, we don't need to take a tight end right now because man, Pat Frymuth is nice, but Evan Ingram is there, David Njoku is there, and if if I don't, if some, for some reason they go in between our tenth and eleventh round picks, then. I'm an idiot. But then I just take Dalton Schultz. You always have to pivot, and there's always a backup plan that you just always have to have in the back of your brains as fantasy drafters. We are going to go ahead and we're going to take Kadarius Tony in the 10th round. Nice little nice little upside play, drafting him to be my wide receiver 5. If it doesn't pan out, we just end up cutting him. Uh, Rashad Bateman, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Gabe Davis, Quentin Johnson, Brandon Cooks, and Zach Charbonnet are your picks in round 10. Elijah Moore, Rashad Penny, Jarek McKinnon, Jacoby Myers, Jamal Williams, Juju Smith-Schuster are in round 11. Uh, there's a guy here that I'm going to take the chance on. Uh, it is another receiver. It's uh, He's on a pretty shitty team. Um, I'm going to go with Nico Collins. There, there, He's been getting a lot of hype within the, fan, within the fantasy community. is pushing up boards a little bit. Um, it's worth the stab there, and then we could potentially start looking at 
uh, tight ends here in round 12. David a- Devin A. Chain goes after we took Nico Collins. Zay Jones, then Damian Harris close out round 11. Evan Ingram, Jalen Warren, and Sky Moore start off round 12. Nice pick there with Jalen Warren. If you listened to the AFC North show, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Speaking of the AFC North, we're going to go with Pat Fryermuth in the 12th round, and this is what I am talking about, folks. A steal for Pat Fryermuth fills in our need of a tight end absolutely perfectly in this spot. Darnell Mooney, Kirk Cousins, Tyler Boyd, Hunter Renfro, David Njoku, and Kendra Miller close out round 12. Tua Tagovailoa, Alan Lazar, Daniel Jones, Odell Beckham, Jamison Williams, then Tyler Algier are your picks in round 13. We're just going to keep on building with these core position players. Uh, I'm looking at Elijah Mitchell here. He looks really nice at this spot. Devin Singletary doesn't doesn't look too bad here. Um, I, I'm good to go with Elijah Mitchell. Uh, I just think he's the most valuable handcuff in fantasy, and why wouldn't I take a stab on him at that price? Geno Smith, Rondell Moore, Aaron Rodgers close out round 13. Jeff Wilson, Jared Goff, and Kenny Gainwell in round 14. We're on the clock here. I'm going to go with a second tight end just because, you know, go for someone that has a little bit of upside. Uh, Dalton Schultz is here. Chico Conco is here. I'm going to go with Dalton Schultz. Um, It's kind of crazy that I think if you had said that to me last week, I probably would have said, no question, I'm going Chico Conco. But, oh, how the mighty have fallen with Chico Conquo and really the Tennessee Titans in general. Uh, Kokomet, Greg Dolchich, Hayden Hurst, Roshan Johnson, Raheem Mostert, Isaiah Hodgins. Close out round 14. Tank Bigsby, Trey Lance, Chico Conquo, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Devin Singletary, and Dawson Knox in round 15. Devin Singletary in round 15 is unbelievable value. There is no loyalty for D'Amico Ryans to Damian Pierce. If Damian Pierce is bad again, or is, insu- or is inefficient, or whatever it may be, he will not hesitate to put Devin Singletary in there. So that is a great, great, great pick at value for that manager. We are up here in round 15. Uh, it's kind of towards the end of the draft. Maybe go for someone a little bit upside. Uh, let's go with... I'll go with Anthony Richardson. Why not? Why not have a little have a little fun with this? You only live once, I guess. Michael Gallup, Michael Carter, Adam Thielen close out round fifteen. San Francisco 49ers, Cowboys D, Eagles D start round sixteen. We're on the clock here. We're just gonna go for the Buffalo Bills, then it's the Colts, Jets, Patriots, Washington, Broncos, Ram, uh, Rams to close out round sixteen. For a second, I thought I saw a C. Ooh, staring at the screen too long. And then in round 17, Justin Tucker, Tyler Bass, Evan McPherson, Matt Gay, Daniel Carlson, Greg Joseph. Uh, we are going to just go ahead and take, uh, we're going to take Harrison Butker. And then it's Brandon McManus, Young Wei Koo, and then Jason Sanders. We get an A- on this draft. Joe Burrow, Nick Chubb, Miles Sanders, Jamar Chase, Amonor St. Brown, DK Metcalf, Pat Fryermuth, James Conner. Bills D, Harrison Butker, Christian Watson, Antonio Gibson, Kadarius Toney, Nico Collins, Elijah Mitchell, Dalton Schultz, and Anthony Richardson. 
Let's see if I graded myself. I mean, I would hope so. I mean, I did this draft by myself. I didn't make it. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> but some of my friends like my, like my draft. So that makes, that makes me very, very happy. Um, I like this team. I like this team a lot. I think this team is uh, pretty well balanced for not really a style that I do too often. I don't really go receiver running back that much. Um, normally, if, if I'm going to do anything, I'm going to go running back, running back, or I'm going to go receiver, receiver. Very rarely will I ever go wide receiver than running back. I, I've gone running back, receiver, but I haven't really gone receiver, running back all that often. And looking at the shape of this team, I really, really like it. And having basically my three, my five core spots, my two running backs, my three receiver spots filled up and then taking Joe Burrow in round six. And then on top of that, getting a little bit of a safety blanket with James Conner in round seven. Love that a lot. And then after that, it was really just taking some swings with Christian Watson, with Antonio Gibson, with Kadarius Toney, then Nico Collins. Pat Frymuth, a very safe tight end option. Again, it's what I said uh, during the whole process. Just letting the draft fall to you. We could have taken Pat Frymuth in round 10. He was there. He was sitting for us. He was our most recommended player to take in round 10. But we had needs elsewhere. Kadarius Toney was right there. More a core position player. Take Kadarius Tony and let the board work itself out. I saw Pat Frymuth there. I saw Evan Ingram there. And then I saw David Njoku there. I was comfortable with any of those options there. Obviously, I wanted Frymuth the most. But able being able to then wait, let the board shape itself up, and then take Pat Frymuth at a more comfortable, more profitable posi uh, position on the draft board is excellent, excellent drafting. And that is what a lot of people have to, have to, maybe it's my biggest critique of how people draft is making those panic picks when they see something that's out there, as, as I as I highlighted before. Um, and then, could I have taken more swings maybe later in the draft instead of going with like a Dalton Schultz? Could I have gone with like a Dalton Kincaid? Sure, I could have. Did I really need to take Anthony Richardson? No, I didn't have to with Joe Burrow, but he, he he's a he's a swing. There's no There's no doubt he's a swing. And then Elijah Mitchell is definitely a swing, but he's a plug-and-play RB2 if Christian McCaffrey goes down. If not, honestly, he could be a low-end RB1 in the San Francisco 49ers offense. So, this team, this is the Bach. Hopefully everyone had a fantastic time listening to it. If you did, subscribe. Leave a five-star review. Tell us about you. Love the program. Again, you'll be hearing our first live draft. That'll be on Wednesday. Then Adam and I will be back on Friday. And then next week, Jake and I will be back to wrap up the divisional previews. And then it is time for some rankings debates. Cannot wait. So I'm Bird. Thank you so much for listening to the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. And we will catch you on the next one. Bye-bye. <laughs>